Hey guys, don't panic, but welcome to Sink Floyd, <laughs> the podcast where we watch every movie ever made to see if it syncs up with Pink Floyd's 1973 magnum opus, The Dark Side of the Moon. My name is Gareth Blackler, and with me is James Barron. Hello, it's me, James Barron. Uh, I'm here, and I'm very happy. <laughs> I feel like the start of each episode is me desperately trying not to laugh through the intro. Oh. Like, it's oh. just to, like, to keep you on your stride. <laughs> but yes, we're here We're here to enjoy the magnum opus 1973 Dark Side of the Moon, and also, this week, the movie The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which came out in 2005. Yeah. Uh, James, what... Oh... No? Oh. <laughs> this is a good show. Hey, James, what's your relationship with um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Hitchhiker's Galaxy? Hitchhiker's Guide? Oh, man, we're going back a long ways. Oh, yeah. This is like one of those ones that's like firmly entrenched in my childhood. And that. Um, oh, yeah? Yeah, Hitchhiker's Guide, like, we'd listen to the radio show and like the, um, well, like the radio special, sort of, and the, the books on tape. Uh, on like big family road trips yeah as you do um and so yeah it's like very informative of like my humor and style i suppose it's just a lot of fun we're like Mm. my parents were big fans and like yeah that's that was my intro to it and like yeah they was so so stoked when they were announcing that they were doing a movie back in 2003 i think they announced it but it came out like 2005 if i'm correct yeah um, yeah, and I was, like, following the production of this from start to finish, because I was just cool. so hype on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what about yourself? What's your, what's your, your take on Hitchhiker's Guide? Do you know much um, about it? Yeah, I'm actually, I was kind of late to it. I got into it in high school, and I remember it was a big, like, currency in high school, was how well you knew it. Oh, yeah. So I rented this movie on DVD, and then I, like, enjoyed it to an extent and then i got the books out and that was when it clicked for me i was like oh yeah this is awesome yeah that's fair i like i think that's like a lot of what people felt about the movie as well so yeah yeah. but i do remember like i remember in high school you were the hitchhiker's guide boy you were the like the one if it was a currency you had the most currency oh wow i was i was rich boy i was richie rich oh man (laughs) exactly that's great um yeah yeah, i don't know i like it's just one of those ones that's so firmly like quotable and like it's got all these um i don't know like in the no kind of knowledge things in it but it's Mm. like it's a lot of fun um little references and quirks and jokes and things yeah there's some like fantastic little ideas and stuff like a lot of stuff in the books even in the weird kind of darker later books oh yeah like i still think about like there's this thing about um he knows what planet he'll die on so he just if he avoids that planet he's fine yeah stuff like that and someone who keeps getting reincarnated and killed by arthur dent oh my god and like understands that's what's happening i think that's like those are such cool ideas and then to explore them as like a fun comedy like a really brainy little comedy is really oh, no. cool. It's happening again. He's still there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this might be right. just like nearly exploded. Oh wow. <laughs> oh fuck. That was really scary. Um sci fi. <laughs> yeah, no. Um it's uh what was I saying? Yeah, no, it's like the later books definitely do get like really weird and dark. I only one yeah. of the I want to say like the third book my favorite part of that was the thing about flying someone like learns how to fly 
and like the the it's instruct it's like tell, told you how to do it and it says you throw yourself very hard at the ground and miss <laughs> which is just uh, so douglas adams and so good That's, yes yeah he's full of these little like clever maxims and things and yeah uh yeah the the guide itself is just so witty and interesting and yeah he plays with a lot of fun sci-fi ideas throughout the series so yes yeah. um but yeah i this... will say quickly yes there is a pink floyd song called learning to fly oh yeah please don't tell us <laughs> please don't write to us <laughs> i want to see the comments <laughs> leave me and my family alone <laughs> <laughs> please stop nailing copies of pink floyd albums to gareth's front door okay oh, it's alarming <laughs> i don't know albums could bleed oh so only pink floyd albums can yeah um yes <laughs> first. yeah no that so this movie um very divisive when it was announced and also like throughout because it's a american production yeah um yeah with like a mostly like there are british actors quite a few british actors in it um and but there's uh, quite a few american actors in it as well and it's like it's hitchhiker's guide is such a like firmly british thing mm. like came from the bbc and all that um and so yeah people were a bit sketchy on it and even after it came out people were like mm. they sort of played with some stuff that like threw true like the big fans out, out of it but i still really enjoy this movie i think it like they did a pretty damn good job and also yeah um douglas adams was like heavily involved in its production like he uh like wrote the screenplay for it and like well he co-wrote the screenplay for it and like was heavily involved in it he's in it and yeah <laughs> and yeah um unfortunately he he died like shortly before the release of the movie so he never got to see yeah. the final cut which is really really sad but i reckon he would have really enjoyed it um, yeah yeah because i read a statement from one of the producers that was like essentially said all the bits you fans don't like they came from douglas adams so what are you <laughs> gonna do well there you go yeah yeah i would say like the fact it's so british and it's sci-fi and it's like big themes big sci-fi themes tucked into this very british shell is very pink floyd as well like absolutely I think yeah we're almost gonna get like we've already I've looked at the stats of the show. Okay. We get a lot of one-time listeners. Oh, no. Who I, think, <laughs> who I think are like, oh, cool, a podcast about Pink Floyd. Let's listen to that on this drive. Yeah. And then realize, like, we're a couple of doofuses. <laughs> it could well be that they're just, like, checking out, um, like, movies that they have, that they know. They're like, oh, oh sure, yeah. I've seen this film, but I haven't seen these other films, like... That's the the canon I choose to believe, okay, rather yeah. than them like turning on the podcast for five minutes and being like, "Oh God." <laughs> <laughs> it could be both as well. They're listening to movies they know and still going, "Oh God." Yeah. Well. But like, I think we're skating into that dangerous territory that we might like. I think there's two very similar fan groups of mm. like cool boomers <laughs> who love Pink Floyd and love um, Hitchhiker's Guide to Galaxy, and I think we're may end up annoying a lot of them so oh, please man. know our hearts are in the right place please leave my family out of this <laughs> okay this is a, a proviso for the podcast i like it yeah yeah the cool boomers and deep fakers are our audience <laughs> mainly this episode, yes. episode so i'm looking forward to uh delighting or disappointing you as the case may oh, be yeah. um but let's <laughs> dive in gareth to the film and how it's yeah. sank how it's synced up with the old with the old album eh I will also say, um, Douglas Adams, huge Pink Floyd fan, 
and yeah. friend of the band. Oh, cool. I yeah. So he jammed with them on his 42nd birthday. Mm. So I've got a little list. He hid audio cues of the music in the radio show. Oh, nice. Uh, he named the Division Bell album in 1995. What? Before. He named that album? Yeah, they were out for dinner and he... I, he, I think he might have chosen it from a list Whoa. or something that they had. Oh, okay, cool. That's a yeah. sick name. I think that's like a really sci-fi cool name yeah. for an album. Absolutely. So, nice. Hmm. So, like, I feel like going into this, this if any film is going to sink to the musical oeuvre of Pink Floyd, it mm. should be this film, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like, if not just for those facts, and also in terms of, like, crossover of genre, and that, like, yeah. both are kind of, like, big space operas, in a way. Like, yeah. Yeah. I feel, I feel that way. I, yeah. I think it should be good. We'll see. Yeah. Let's get to so, it. So, yeah, we're going in knowing, like, our hearts are saying it should sink, but what do the facts say? Mm. Let's get into it. Yes. Yes. Uh, as scientists, we must set our emotions aside. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Adjusts my lab coat. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, we're getting the dolphins. Dolphin imagery over Speak yeah. to Me and Breathe at the start of the film, you know. The dolphins are the second most intelligent species on the planet, according to the guide. Um yeah, I think this is really serene, this intro. There's, like, a whole song yeah. and dance, like, situation that happens with the dolphins are singing about going, leaving the planet. Yeah. Uh, but I'm just getting, like, dolphins swimming around in slow-mo to some breathe. <laughs> yeah. Very soothing. It's very, like, I don't know what the name of that art movement is, but it's, like, when you have a low-res gif of a dolphin and, like... Vaporwave? Slow, gentle music. Yeah. Vaporwave, right? <laughs> Yeah. Strong yeah, vaporwave tones at the start of this movie. <laughs> yeah, it's Pink Floyd inventing vaporwave. Wow. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're doing, like, flips and slow-mo and stuff. Mm. Um, and also, like, the intro of the, like, all the cast members flashing up on screen. All the, like, the names of the cast and the opening yeah. titles. Um, yeah, I just want to note that this cast of this film is stacked it's yeah as stacked as magic mike is stacked it's like it, there are so many big names involved like yeah. some that we've seen before and like oh I, I, i'm thrilled <laughs> thrilled to bits yeah, right? to be enjoying all these it's like i think this movie is a big like character actor performance like the whole the whole thing serves to make to give character actors a really good space to have fun absolutely yeah yeah and I don't get why people are like it's so American when like a huge chunk, especially the, I mean, pretty much entire like voice cast is great British like comedy and comedy people and actors. Yeah, I don't know. It's like yeah. I think there were there were just a couple of like divisive choices for uh, certain characters, but we'll get to them yeah. when they come up. Oh yeah. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, the dolphins are all flying off in front of a big moon, right at mm. the end of uh, Breathe here, and we uh, see the sun rising over the English countryside. As On the yeah. Run starts up over, like, Arthur, D Arthur Dent's introduction. Um, yeah, we do miss um, Pink Floyd say, balanced on the biggest wave, but it's long after we've shown the waves, it's, just sh it's showing land. Yeah. So it's, like, just off. That's a shame. Oh, well. Yeah. But, yeah, we're getting him, uh, yeah, he's just, they're going to bulldoze his house, and so everything's shaking up, um, matching On the Run fairly well, like, very, like, I'm, sh mm. I'm being shaken up by the music, and so is Arthur. <laughs> um, he lays down in front of the bulldozer, and um, I just, I really love the the joke here. This is in the um, 
in the books and stuff as well um the plans for the demolition of his house have been on display at like the council for a year and then this coming back with the destruction of the earth later is just so it's just pitch perfect writing there yeah really really good um yeah and then we've got uh moss def as ford prefect coming in now he was a really divisive choice here like because he's like super american i think he does like a really really good job absolutely Um, uh yeah it's like it's just i guess there are like big fans of the tv series that was put out where um ford was played by someone quite they played him quite differently and then like i don't know it's just he just he just has fun with it in a different kind of way but i think he really nails ford personally absolutely i completely agree and it's interesting because like bill murray and dan Aykroyd were back when they were making the trying to make this in the 80s were on the list oh really to go with moss death who's like like worlds away like a musician more than anything yeah he he wasn't really doing the acting thing very much like he'd done um uh what is it that please rewind something like that um oh yeah the like vhs tape movie which was pretty good but like i don't think he had many roles before this one um, he, I, yeah i think he nails it like it's kind of it's a weird character to play because you can't play it too big or you like step on zaphod's toes yeah exactly he plays it pretty straight which is um yeah works quite well he's just yeah it's he's ideal, yeah. he's in control kind of, of of a crazy situation but he just like yeah um, yeah he doesn't go too crazy alien on it which i think really yeah. works um uh, <clears throat> yeah. most if you get our stamp of approval yeah most most definitely a good performance by you <laughs> nice um um how about though martin freeman how do you feel about martin freeman uh, he's sort of just doing his martin freeman thing yeah. like um arthur dean himself is like matches uh martin freeman's like temperament fairly well in this yeah. initial story right so like they're both nervous guys that don't really know what's going on so i guess it kind of works but it is sort of just martin freeman doing the thing he always does you know i don't know i think martin freeman's had a his like likability somewhere in between him getting announced for the hobbit Mm. and the final hobbit film coming out (laughs) people stopped liking uh uh, martin freeman and i'm pretty sure i can all the police in the background while i'm talking oh no they've come for you gareth it's because i spoke ill of martin it's because i spoke ill of the hobbit yeah (laughs) in new zealand (laughs) but yeah i think the thing that drove them away between him getting announced for the hobbit and the last hobbit film were the hobbit films yeah absolutely they're, they're, yeah they're, everyone took a hit from that hob those hobbit films yeah uh not very good i'm gonna say yeah. that i know that's probably not that spicy of a take but yeah not a huge fan they didn't yeah they didn't work so well but oh well cinemas are reopening in uh, new zealand and yes. they're playing the hobbit films which is the most new zealand thing oh really <laughs> yeah oh man i like, i went to these a try I went to the cinema last night for the first time in, like, this, I think this entire year. <laughs> Whoa. So, yeah, that's pretty good. I went to the cinema last night as well. What did you see? I saw Parasite for the first time, which is... Oh, I love Parasite. It was an incredible watch. I loved it. Yeah. Uh, this is completely unrelated to what we're talking about. What did you yeah. see? I saw The Lighthouse and... Oh, oh boy. <laughs> he- another fairly heavy film from what I yeah. understand. Oh, good. Uh both great films yeah parasite i've seen twice already this year oh wow yeah no first time for me loved it check it out listeners so good 
Um, yes. We're the last people in the world to tell you to see Parasite. Yeah, Parasite absolutely. It's, yeah, I'm telling like a very select few, but I don't know, maybe like the niche <laughs> audience of our podcast hasn't seen it yet. I don't know. That's true. I feel like cool boomers haven't seen it yet. <laughs> deep fakers definitely have. Deep fakers have, absolutely. They've been making the deep fakes for weeks, yeah. um, for months and months <laughs> in, in quarantine. The cool yeah. boomers, now's your chance. Go out and see it yeah. while you can. Still at the cinemas, I think. Um, all right, let's get back to this film. <laughs> Uh, Ford's buying some pints for everybody. Uh, Yeah. He says, time is an illusion, lunchtime doubly so, which is another great line, just like ripped straight from the book. Um, Annoyingly, just before time starts, he (laughs) says this. Uh, Yeah, it's a shame. Also, the clocks go off uh, at the start of time just after this. And um, they, they don't align really with anything other than like him coming back from a flashback of Ford trying to shake hands with a car because he that car yeah that almost hits him is out to kill him that car does not do any slowing down despite the fact it's a calm road and there's a man standing in the middle (laughs) yeah it's just like a a mini just flying at him at like a thousand miles an hour or something (laughs) pretty intense but the scene um does give us my favorite piece of imdb trivia i've ever read oh cool okay okay lay it on me two out of 47 people found this interesting wow i'll read it verbatim Ford Prefect says that when he first arrived on Earth, he tried to shake hands with a car, thinking that automobiles were the dominant life form on Earth. Interestingly, (laughs) the Disney slash Pixar Cars 2006 film franchise takes place in a world entirely populated by anthropomorphic vehicles. (laughs) Is that interesting? Two out of 47 people thought so. I don't think that's trivia. Those That's just... right at the bottom of the um, oh, okay. IMDb. Oh, it's a shame. Can we get that up there a bit higher? Can we get some... Yeah, I'm going to start an account just to vote for that. <laughs> oh, no. Because it's not, it's not wrong. It's true. It, it is technically trivia, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. That's incredible stuff. Thanks for sharing that. Oh. Um, yes, okay. Um, then we get another quick flashback to... Um, uh, Arthur meeting Trisha McMillan as played by Zoe Deschanel here. Yeah. Another controversial choice. Um, I think more so than Moss Def in the role yeah. of Ford Prefect. Because, um, again, Zoe Deschanel is sort of just doing her own thing in this movie. Uh, just playing the sort of, like, uh, pixie dream girl kind of thing that she does, you know? Yeah. Um, Which isn't her fault. I think the script... We'll get into it. This There's a romantic side to the script that yes. I'm not appreciate yeah she sort of gets set up to fail in, in her role she doesn't have that much yeah. to do which is kind yeah. of a shame um she does have kind of an arc but i don't know it's yeah she does it's it sucks for her uh mm. but anyway but um, she does a great job i think yeah so great she's, great person oh yeah i'm, I'm a fan good <laughs> yeah. at the like good at the playing the harmonica i think from memory oh amazing musician yeah she's she's in yeah. like a whole bunch of bands and stuff as well yeah yeah I, di- I didn't finish new girl that she was in but she was good in that and that the what i've seen in that yeah um, yeah new girl sort of falls off but has the greatest second season i'm gonna say of any american sitcom <laughs> yeah i think yeah i think they like bounce back from being like they sort of run out of ideas in the first one and they suddenly like get really good oh yeah yeah okay um yeah, so she's they're at a party together where it's like a Halloween, I guess, but they're all dressed like he's dressed as Arthur's dressed as Livingston, 
and she's dressed as uh, oh god, I've forgotten. Uh, Darwin, Darwin. Charles Darwin. Charles Darwin. And everyone thinks that she's Santa. But they hit it off <laughs> yeah. at the party anyway. Um, uh, until she like he doesn't want to go to Madagascar with her. She's impulsive, yeah. but he's not, is what it comes down to, really. And um, then our, our boy Sam Rockwell rocks up. Oh, like, yeah. As, as Sam Zabot rocks Beeble up. Rocks, uh, President of the Galaxy. We don't know that yet, so... but here he is. Um, yeah, stoked to so... see him. Yeah, he he takes home all the Oscars from this film. He does so well. Yeah, he nails this. Like he's yeah. like full on like idiot president. <laughs> he gets yeah. some really really funny like uh, political lines coming up. Oh yeah, um, yeah. He does a really. Good I didn't job. realize when I first saw it that he's like it's so obvious that he's George W. Bush. Yeah, totally. But exactly the same voice he's it's just because yeah, the he's, fact he's like a rock star changes it he's doing an accent that matches it perfectly yeah it's like yeah, yeah rock star bush is what he's going for i think yeah pretty great what george bush saw in the mirror oh wow i like that <laughs> george bush ego yeah Ooh. that's yeah that's that's really smart i think like it's a really cool way to take that character and like yeah yeah translates quite well to screen i thought um mm. yeah anyway he like takes he like gets rid of uh arthur and they go away together and he's like ah i missed my shot you know yeah um, he's um too dull he feels he's like too dull to go to madagascar while pink floyd sing moments that make up a dull day Ooh. you could say that he missed the starting gun he sure bloody did the next lyric uh, oh he missed it uh, missed his shot but yeah we'll see what happens um <laughs> <laughs> keep listening to find out um yeah, so the I just really enjoy the the barman here asking if they should lie down and put paper bags over their heads. Yeah, if that'll make the end of the world better. <laughs> just just such a cheesy and fun joke. Mm. Um, yeah. Then, How did you feel about? There's an amazing extra who just stares at them the whole time they're having this conversation. Yeah, she's like very intense in the background. Um, yeah, I feel like she's another like british actor that i recognize from something i want to say like she's some played someone in black books or something like that oh yeah i don't know it's a, she's familiar in some regards i'm gonna look i'll look it up later and kick myself i think but yeah yeah she has no lines or anything she's just like creepily staring at the pub so intently like ah, uh, yeah good energy I, for yeah. her i generally thought she was going to come back she's an alien or something but no no I think she comes back when they rebuild the earth at the end. I think there's a shot of her oh, at okay. the bar again. Yes, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they all lie on the floor and put paper bags on their heads, which is pretty <laughs> funny. Um, but yeah, uh, Arthur returns to his house and they're like going to destroy it. The construction workers are all have all like started work and destroyed everything. and But they yeah. all start running away from a shadow that's coming from behind Arthur, which is just a really nice shot from above mm. here like a crane shot of like them all noticing something as he walks towards and they all run away very yeah very nice um and it's good that he's so distracted by the house and then ford's just trying to find a towel yeah <laughs> in classic ford style he just yeah grabs a towel and then um yeah notices the vogon ship uh the vogons we see them like we see jelts here the like head of the vogons um yeah and he's voiced by Richard Griffiths, um, the, like, Vernon Dursley from Harry Potter. 
Yeah, our boy. Yeah, our friend. Um, he's he's fantastic in this role. Yeah, like oh yeah, <laughs> born to play a Vogon. <laughs> yeah, I want to say very curmudgeonly and great. Um, just good delivery too. Mm. Um, yeah, this is when we get the like plans being on display coming back. They've been on on display in Alpha Centauri, the nearest like major star <laughs> ah, for fifty years. Good like yeah pretty great i love that it's 50 years as well yeah for ages <laughs> uh yeah and then we get like maybe my favorite shot of the film um which is the like pullback shot when the uh they're trying to hitch a ride and it goes from yeah. all the way from a human perspective all the way out into space and you see all the ships dotted across the surface of the planet like uh spaced apart and then yeah all the way out to see the whole earth and then it blows up with very little fanfare yeah not like a huge explosion or anything it's just like it's gone (laughs) they do it like a really cool edit as well where every zoom is set to like a orchestral sting yes it's like yeah the hits of the orchestra align perfectly and yeah and the the only thing is that doesn't work to pink floyd and i thought like oh man my connection's going wrong my computer's messing up yeah it's a shame yeah, it yeah. doesn't it doesn't match our soundtrack, but like a great a great part of the regular uh, mm. film. And then yeah, and I think Pink Floyd say "Far Away" at some point while it's zooming out. Oh yeah, that works. I've written that note, but I do not remember. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, um, yeah. I think I think it's good that they blow up the Earth with like a, there's not like a huge cinematic explosion or anything. I think that matches the tone of the film quite well as well. Yeah, for sure, the Vogan world as well. Yeah, they're just like they're just destroying it to make room for a bypass much like Arthur's house it's <laughs> yeah like, it's just regular. gotta build bypasses yeah you gotta build them um yeah and then we get the like the this is the intro to the tv show that plays over here except with the new guide um where oh, yeah you like zoom in onto the side of the of the book and yeah. then down the spine of it as um journey of the sorcerer by the eagles plays over this which is oh. the only eagle song that i like <laughs> <laughs> what what about one of these nights nah well oh. don't know man like I, I just have never really got into them i think this is another holdover from like my dad's taste he's always yeah. hated the eagles and so i didn't really grow up with them and like everything else that i've heard of them i'm just like eh, i don't know but yeah journey of the sorcerer is a banger yeah but do you remember when i like because I moved to, up to Auckland and then I came back for a weekend yes. and I was real into the Eagles. Yes, I remember this. You, you, like, I picked we, you up and I was listening to The Greatest Hits. Yeah, the, yeah, it's like the only CD that you had in your car at the time. It was just The Greatest <laughs> yeah. Hits of the Eagles. Yeah. Or, yeah, I was borrowing my dad's car and I found that CD and I was like, oh yeah. I think I kept that buried at the time because you were giving me a ride somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Tactical don't, play. Yeah, don't look a gift eagle in the mouth. Yeah, it's absolutely not. That's a rule. Um, but yeah, so yeah, this matches perfectly the, uh, TV show's intro with the, the BBC TV show that they made. I want to say like, oh God, maybe early eighties, possibly even earlier than that. I think so. Yeah. Um, but yeah. This is all what a weaker show would have looked up, but not us. (laughs) We're flying by the seat of our pants here. Yeah. We gotta, we gotta crank out this content. Um, (laughs) yeah, I just think uh so we get to the first like intro of the guide from the guide itself as narrated by um stephen fry yeah perfect choice to play yeah to play the hitchhiker's guide voice i think just like the most british man 
<laughs> yeah, really, really good. Also, I think that the graphic design that they use is really, really slick. Like, yes. Um, although it's very, very colorful and friendly and uh, very like fun little animations play over top, like to the description of what's happening. Really, yeah. really good visually. It makes the guide segments actually fun to watch where they could have been like quite bad. We were just like watching people stand around <laughs> waiting for dialogue to finish. You know? <laughs> yeah, exposition kind of thing. Yeah, I think it I think it works quite well generally. Um also yeah. we see the like big don't panic on the printed on the back cover in this instance. I think it's the front cover on the original, but I I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, that sounds right. But I mean they could read books the reverse way in space. Yeah. Japanese style. Yeah. Dunno. The studio that does the animations is called I should have looked it up. Shinoa. Oh yeah okay uh and they also did the um music video for queens of the stone age no one knows i think Ooh, no that's one of the deer um the other one with uh all the ladies yeah uh Gosh. Oh, i know i know the one um go with the flow yes yes and they also did the opening credits for scott pilgrim versus the world oh wow yeah yeah all great, all great credits to their name, honestly. Yeah, right? Very, very nice. Their name that I cannot recall. <laughs> Shoutouts to you, whoever you are, behind that. Shinola, there we go. Keep it up. Yeah. Um, so, unfortunately, we're missing this great Eagles music and great Stephen Fry um, narration voiceover yeah. because we're hearing Pink Floyd playing Great Gig in the Sky. Yeah. This, like it doesn't match super well very soothing no yeah but, but anyway uh, it's sort of like a tonal shift on the album like oh for sure yeah other voice come in it kind of pretty much when this movie goes like we are full sci-fi now yeah this is the hard 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 right into sci-fi for us yeah um yeah so ford starts explaining that the like sympathetically that the earth's been blown up to arthur he doesn't really get it um <laughs> yeah and then, uh, like, there's, like, I think three little, like, so we had the intro part from the guide, and then two more, like, in quite quick succession, which is, like, it's, I just finished saying, like, these are fun to watch, but, like, it's, having three in a row is kind of tough. Um, yeah. Yeah, so we get the description of um, Vogons here from the guide as well, so, like, they're not evil, they're, like, bureaucratic, callous, <laughs> like, me they're just mean, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, and yeah, they wouldn't like save their own mother, etc. Very funny. Um, yeah. And then also the Babelfish here, which oh, uh, yeah. money starts up over while this is going on. Um, yeah, Babelfish, yeah. quite a like fun, clever idea to just get oh, around, absolutely. get around, not knowing alien languages. Just a, yeah, it lets you understand. It translates to your brain. Yeah. Mm. Like a, and it's just cool that it's a fish, not like a device or something. Yeah. Yeah. It makes it more zany and, like, fun rather than, like, it's like a little alien being rather than just, like, a device or something that they use. Which, yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good choice. Again, like For a sure. holdover from the original, so. Yeah. I think it's been in every version of it. Yeah. How much do you love how the Vogans look? I think they look so cool. Oh, my God. The, the design of them is perfect like yeah they are they are that's the best vogans have looked i think if you ask me they're like got yeah, their noses well. up in the center of their like forehead and like beady little goat eyes 
yeah. that they've got. They do look quite a lot like the illustrations for Pink Floyd's The Wall. Oh, wow. Yeah, actually, they yeah. kind of do. Um, yeah, they're very, like, gross and, like, bulbous as well, which is, yeah. fun, like, used to great effect later because they just sort of, like, lumber around. Because I think they're all, like, puppets with, like, people inside. Um, yeah, and some, like, robotics underneath their face to get it going. Yeah, to control that stuff. It's But they're yeah. just so, so realistic and, like, well-realized in this space. And also all yeah. of their, like, architecture, just all the design around them is really, really well done as well. It's mm. super believable that, like, these guys, you get a really good vibe and sense from them, from, the, from this movie, I think yeah yeah it's like because it's sort of like a bit of a because they go to that planet which mm. was i think controversial because it wasn't in the books or radio show vogue sphere but like yeah. the world of their planet the fact you get hit in the face by like some sort of like weird fish shovel yeah for, if you have an original thought is so good it's just yeah that's just the kind of thing that's so clever that's got it yeah that's one of those things that has to have come from douglas adams himself i reckon yeah and like it's just like yeah, just as such a smart idea that works for this film. I don't think they... Like, I'm trying to think if they've actually added anything uh, that I didn't like. And I, have, like, I can't really put it together. Like, I, I can't... Oh, yeah. I haven't noticed anything that I haven't liked. I really enjoyed this film overall. Um, yeah. I think there are definitely problems with it, but I don't think it's uh, any much to do with the story or stuff being added, you know? Hmm. Yep. There's one big thing I don't like that they've added. Oh, okay. Do you, should we get to it now? Yeah, go for it. I don't mind. Okay. Well, oh no, we like. Well, do you have any sinks until they hitchhike off the Vogan spaceship? Um, not really. Uh, I think. No, not really. I think it's just okay. um, yeah, just some fun sequences like the stuff with the um, uh, there's the poetry reading thing. Yeah, and then, that's good. Uh, yeah, very fun. And then the the shot with the earlock, which is just a great shot that I wanted to cover, yeah. honestly. Because um, it's just like, I think most of this was like improvised. It's sort of just Mustaf and um, and Martin Freeman playing off each other. Yeah. And, and they're like trying to work out how to escape. It's like a long shot lingering in this earlock and then they fall out of the bottom is the joke rather than through the big door that you've been looking at the whole time. <laughs> oh, I didn't even click to that. That is actually so good. It's so smart. Um, yeah yeah like the whole thing like lights up very ominously and they look right at it and then fall through the floor so so <laughs> yeah. so funny um yeah um but yeah beyond that i don't think i really have much going on what, what was what's the bit you want to get to okay so then they get rescued by we'll ease into it There's... everyone knows i put a pin in it everyone look at that pin it's coming closer okay <laughs> that's a figure of speech right yeah it's, we're, we're so approaching they a out... large pin oh yes <laughs> <laughs> they fall out and then like a bunch of random objects come flashing at them turns into the heart of gold heart of gold yes the heart of gold Ooh. spaceship yeah a lesser podcast would have known it offhand but we're no you nailed it level. it's fine it's all good <laughs> and they get picked up by that beautiful spaceship oh yeah and another really quick thing the heart of gold looks fantastic in this movie yeah even this if... whole movie looks amazing i think Every pr bit of production design is so cool. Yeah, and I totally agree. I think they nailed it. Um, We're going to get to my favourite character design very, very soon. Oh, but like, yes. He's coming up. Yeah, I'm glad you know who we mean. Oh, I can guess, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful... Like, people hating on it should have just kind of enjoyed it as, like, 
fun illustrations for the the book they like. Yeah, it's just yeah, it's sort of like a fun romp. If you know the story well, like you're you're following along fairly well. It's like there aren't that many twists and twi- turns from what you already know. Yeah, and like it's um, yeah, it's just visually really really good. Like really mm. like they nail the design of everything. It's just to see like the Vogons and yeah, the Heart of Gold and everything realized deep thought later also yeah really really well done um yeah all this stuff like seeing it in huge cinematic glory you know is really (laughs) nice yeah very gratifying anyway um yes yes, so we're on the ship we're saying all these good things because we're getting to the part i don't like i'm waiting really i'm ready oh it's like a compliment sandwich with like an entire loaf of bread on the outside (laughs) that's so weird when the bread's meant to be the good pit in this metaphor (laughs) oh my gosh I don't know, you know I love bread. Yeah, but are you eating a sandwich for the bread? Surely you're eating for the for the filling. Like, a sandwich is just a method to get to the filling. You're not going to get, like, a, a spoonful of peanut butter, you know? Well, you could. But That's like, a good point. You know, it's just a, a vehicle for the, for, the, for the inner part. Yeah. And that weird kind of rule we all have that you're only allowed to eat a carb with your hands. Like, you can hold the sandwich because it's bread. Yeah. And then anything inside you're not allowed to touch. Yeah. But that's a different podcast. Okay. Sandwich. <laughs> this is our sandwich cast for later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's bread buddies. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Thank that's you. Quite, that's quite cute and fun. All right. Oh. All right. Let's get to this bad bit. <laughs> it's the real toast of the town. Um, so then we re... They land... They're picked up by the spaceship. Mm-hmm. We re-meet um zaphod and trillian yeah they're here together and instead of being like oh my god this is amazing you know i haven't died in the void of space um uh, there's another human still alive yeah that guy i met was an alien like oh my god my planet's blown up all these things that go could go through his head arthur dent yeah is just like a real incel about the fact that she's dating zaphod now yeah he sucks he sucks, right? He gets all like like creepy and grumpy about the whole thing. This is like a yeah. recurring thing throughout the rest of the sh- the movie. Absolutely, it sucks. Yeah, he's just um, yeah, he's he's feeling like that. Zaphod's gotten in the way. He's missed his chance. He's blaming Zaphod for everything, but also kind of yeah. blaming like Trisha. Like it does. It's not good on Arthur's behalf. No, it paints him in a really bad light for sure. Yeah, um, yeah, and I suppose it's kind of hard because I guess like. In the other ones, he's sort of like a uh, um, kind of hapless uh, protagonist. Like, he's just kind of going through yeah. the stuff. He's just falling like, through this all these him... things. Like, Trillian yeah. takes to it quite well. Uh, she's also... Like, there is, like, a minor love story in the um, first book, I want to say, between the two of them. But I don't think it works out, as far as I know. But, um, yeah. yeah, like... Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's not handled the greatest no. <laughs> in this movie. I, I, yeah, the romance plot sort of shoehorned in around all the fun stuff. Yeah, yeah, I would agree that that is a, a Debbie Downer, as it were. <laughs> it's really like similar to how kids think about romance. Yeah. Like, oh, it's this boring part that has to happen in the story. I like. Yeah, kind of. Yeah, it's 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 a shame. It just like it just isn't executed well. Yeah. Yeah. It, it like brings down the characters for sure. Yeah, both of them. Yeah. There is a, yeah. I, I want to do, I want to go back to good stuff. Oh, because go Because Zaphod delivers the line, um, if there's something more important on this ship than my ego, I want it caught and shot right now. 
Yeah. Which is very good. And it's like so strange and he does like, it like with a little wink. What was that? Yeah. Sorry? He kind of does it with a wink as well. Like yeah. he knows it's a bit fun to say. Yeah. He's just having a, a grand old time in this movie. Yeah. Anyway. And then we get to see like a lot of cool Zaphod things about him, like his second head. Yes. Uh we've we've skipped over your favourite character, I just wanna say. <gasps> he gets my boy, I did my boy wrong. You did him dirty. He's uh he gets introduced to pick them up and bring them to the bridge before that all this happens. It's uh it's our yeah. boy Marvin, uh the robot. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's played by Alan Rickman doing the voice. Also, Warwick yeah. Davis inside the um, the Marvin suit controlling it. Two Hogwarts professors. Yeah, teaming up. <laughs> yeah, finally. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he looks beautiful. I remember like seeing pictures of him before I saw the movie and yes. thinking he was going to be really small. Yeah, he uses a lot of like... the. He was used a lot in the marketing for the movie. Yeah. Yeah. They knew. They knew they were on tour winner with him. Yeah. He looks He's, super uh, sad, uh, which is perfect. Yeah. And also is just like, also very like futury and matches the Heart of Gold design really well as well. Yeah. With, by, by being like a big round head, like, friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love him. Was he designed to be part of, did he come with the ship? Is that his story? I don't think so, but he just like matches the design on the board, this ship. So yeah, like I don't th- I don't think it matters like in canon or anything, but yeah, no. um, yeah, he like goes to collect them and bring them to the bridge over us and them, which I feel like is Marvin's song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like one of the saddest points on the album, and yeah, and like just ah, oh, just feeling a bit, feeling a little depressed. Mm. Oh, uh, also the line um, "Good manners don't cost don't cost nothing." The little like ad libby bit in us and them. Uh, plays over him collecting them which is nice oh yeah 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 that's the kind of thing he'd mutter and then not actually do any um <laughs> thing to help his manners yeah not do anything about it oh very good yeah. he gets some like really fun lines throughout the movie i don't think i've written many of them down but they're no, just like never. little like comic relief kind of things of him like being really upset about everything that's happening <laughs> yeah oh, he's a delight I've actually, I've closed our, like, chat window and I'm just looking at a photo of him now. Oh, <laughs> so no more notes from Gareth. It's just gonna be, just gonna be him waxing lyrical about our boy Marvin. Yeah. And I'm for one, I'm be... one, I'm fine with that. Yeah, you'll be giving notes and I'll be like, and his head's really shiny and his eyes are green. His eyes are green. <laughs> they are, aren't they? Yeah, oh, he's a great wee design. Love him. Yeah. Um, yeah, so we get, uh, he's the president of the galaxy old mate um Zaphod, we get that reveal and then yeah like he is brothers with ford um they keep calling him x which i think is like a one of his middle names or something ford's middle name yeah it's one of his other names in the um book yeah it's kind of hard to follow it being in the movie if you don't know yeah, that sure. i guess but it's just i don't know it's yeah whatever it comes up a lot later as well like when he when they're down on that like bar planet with uh hamakavula etc like there, are, mm. everyone calls him X there as well. Um, but yeah, we we yes, here is where we see Zaphod's extra head and his arm. Um, yeah, I think this is done really well in the show. Um, in the TV adaptation, uh, there's like a really gross-looking prosthetic head on Zaphod. <laughs> yeah, I've which, seen photos of that. Oh, it's really not good. It does not hold up well. Um, I think apparently it, just... it went wrong a lot as well, and that's why it's like tends to just be asleep. Is because they couldn't get the 
mechanics to work. Yeah, it does like blink and stuff. It's very crawl like era where the like the blinking <laughs> eye of the Cyclops. It reminds me a lot of that. Yes. Yeah, that's a reference that you will only get if you've seen the incredibly unpopular movie Krull. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> what a well, delight, though. We've actually, what, we're on episode 12 of this, and we yep. have barely talked about Krull, our, like, mutual obsession. It's true. If, if this podcast wasn't going to be about um, Pink Floyd and watching movies with it, it would have been about just, like, weekly episodes of us talking about Krull. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. Like a version of the um, Worst Idea of All Time podcast where they watch the same movie over and over again, except we just love it because it's crawl. That's right. It's called The Best Idea of All Time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. It Kral- gets ended by a lawsuit. Crawl will be a future episode of this podcast. That's a, <gasps> that's a podcast promise. Yeah. Um, well, we've also promised we're going to cover every single movie. So. That's true. So, yeah. uh, effectively, in the premise of the show, we have promised. But I want to say sooner rather than later. Ooh. Um, anyway. Uh, yes. I think that Zaphod's design with, like, how they do the head and arm is probably the best it's been done. Like, his head being hidden underneath his other head means it doesn't have to be animated in all the time, and is also kind of less creepy than having the extra head. Um, which would have, they they get to have a fun gag with it anyway, when he, like, freaks him out. Or freaks out Arthur, rather. Um... And yeah, he sort of just hides his arm and and his scarf all the time, so that it, it could be acted easier by the mm. by the actor. But yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that works quite well. Also, Zayfid's mm. like outfit is stunning. He's wearing like these yes. like black and gold presidential like jacket and robes. He looks great. <laughs> yeah, cowboy boots that he got off Earth, and that's why he misses Earth. Yeah, he just yeah. <laughs> misses the place where he got the boots. Oh. What a guy. Doesn't care about anyone else. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, um, we get the, like, Pangalactic Gargle Blaster, which is the, like, best drink in the universe being made yeah. here. Um, we're, like, right... On, it hits the guys. Like, the, it's being described by Stephen Fry in the background. And, like, it hits them at once because it's, like, being hit by a gold brick. Is, <laughs> yeah. is the description right as brain damage begins oh dang like dead on which is perfect yeah like the oh, opening chords and like oh <laughs> nice yeah um Zaphod says that you can't be president with a whole brain which is why he cut up his brain and has two heads now yeah which is a really just a funny idea yeah bit of bit of color commentary there <laughs> take that society yeah what do you think about it <laughs> let us know what society oh society if you're listening yeah if you, send I, us a tweet i doubt it <laughs> yeah society's got other podcasts to listen to yeah they're they're busy with other things less trivial yeah, so things <laughs> uh society listen to one episode yeah one of our one listens yes let us know society um <laughs> yeah so then we're like exploring the spaceship and tri- like Trillian's telling Arthur to like calm down basically and stop yeah. being a crazy jerk. Um, yeah. And showing him like all the cool space stuff. There's a, a knife that toasts bread as you slice it. A yes, little, like... and that cuts through the toast exactly to a little instrumental bit of brain damage. Yeah, it does. It's really nice. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like a little lightsaber as well, which is quite funny. Because you think yeah. it's going to be some horrific weapon or something. Um, <laughs> also, there's a machine that detects what you're craving and then, like, instantly makes it for you. 
Um, yeah, there's a tiny plot hole in that he couldn't get a cup of tea from the machine, but there's a machine that wills anything into existence. That's true. Presumably it wouldn't um, get it perfectly right as well. Um, oh, yeah. Like, I assume that this machine is sort of flawed and that everything everything on the Heart of Gold is, like, minorly flawed in some way. Um, yeah. It's like, yeah, it's got the over-the-top sunny disposition um, computer eddy. Um, yeah and like all the doors sigh as you go through them (laughs) or like just little jokes and stuff throughout um in the books it's like way more overtly annoying the computer oh yeah with how happy and great everything is all the time (laughs) him and marvin have some really good back and forth um ah nice but yeah i guess that would have been too much of a mission to um yeah, well, it would have been a bit weird just watching Marvin talk to the walls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, like, a non, no mouth movements, just like a, a man, like a robot standing in a room. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Is this just a still shot? What's going on here? Yeah, I don't know. The subtitles are broken, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you're right in that, like, this would make a tea, but no doubt Arthur would be dissatisfied with this. Yeah, he seems like that kind of dude. Yeah. It's unfortunate that they made him, that he's such a, like, uh, grouchy kind of, dare I say, unlikable character. Yeah. Because it kind of, you don't get as much of Marvin's amazing grumpiness. Yeah, I would agree. He's, he's, like, arguably, like, even worse than Marvin. Marvin's just sad. Like, he gets, like... Yeah. He gets, like, all antsy and angry and stuff later. It's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He's in a nightmare situation, I guess. He doesn't, like, understand anything happening around him. But it's like, ugh, it just doesn't land. I don't know. Um, we see there are little mice stowed away on the ship. This yeah. is important for later. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, we get uh, the little animatic uh, movie within the movie thing about deep thought here. The, yes. the answer to the this is like what people think of when they think of uh hitchhiker's guide i would say the whole yeah the answer to the ultimate question of life the universe and everything thing um it takes seven million years for that to be calculated and eclipse plays dramatically over the reveal yeah, eclipse that, works very that the answer yeah. is 42 um yeah <laughs> but which uh, yeah 42 is interesting it's i guess People have a great obsession with numbers and numbers being, like, the funny number. So, like, 42 is, like, the nerd's 69. I would agree. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's on record. Oh, my God. I love that. 42 (laughs) is the nerd's 69. That's hilarious. Yeah. Fucking hell. That should just be the description of this podcast this week. (laughs) Wow. Oh, no. All right. Yeah, it's it's like the anticlimax of the movie in that like, um, yeah, it's the the it's supposed to be the answer to the ultimate question, but they don't know what the question is, so they can't understand what yeah. that means. Um, and yeah, it's some ultimate sync Floydian stuff that unfortunately doesn't come to sync. Is Ooh. that the scene is taking place forty two minutes into the film? Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, right. That has to be intentional. Yeah. Like it's part of the like uh final cut process absolutely that's brilliant is it like dead on 42 minutes because that would be i don't think so i think it's like i would love it if the phrase 42 was popping up exactly then but i think it's just in the vicinity that would have been really great oh well yeah but it gives us hope you know like if they're gonna 
change the structure of their film that much to get that line happening at 42. Yeah, true. Like, maybe they are chucking on Dark Side of the Moon and syncing up the entire film to it. They're thinking about it. Somewhere in Hollywood. Yeah. Douglas would have been playing it in the background, considering, like, he's such a big fan of the band, right? He would yeah. have been. He would have been involved. One can only. So you reckon hope. at least at one point writing the script, Dark Side of the Moon is playing. Yeah, I would say so. I'd, I'd right. say there's a good chance, for sure. I'm not going to guarantee yeah. it, but <laughs> I, I've no way of knowing. I wish I did. Yeah, that's true. I'd need a, a big computer to tell me that. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the end of the first playthrough of the album over like Deep Thoughts plan that they're going to build another computer to calculate the ultimate question because they can't work it out themselves. It's going to take 10 million years. Yeah. Um, and then it cuts off before you find out what it's going to be called, this big computer. Uh, yeah. And then we're, yeah. we're like, the album's starting back up and there's like a description of how the improbability drive works on the ship, which is like a fun, uh, like this is another really fun part of the series in that like um rather than like going through wormholes or like anything Mm. like that he's invented this like really silly like a humorous way to travel through space which is just so clever like it's yeah (laughs) like using things being improbable to like warp to somewhere else in the universe is just such a smart sci-fi idea yeah yeah just pretty much by admitting like this doesn't really work no, yeah, of course not. It's like it makes no sense, but like it's yeah. it's just a lot of fun. Like it's it's justified in the in universe quite well through this explanation where like it's based on like another theory that the that uh, scientists invented and was eventually used at parties to like remove the hosts like undergarments. Yeah. Like mid party just for a bit of fun and breaking the ice, <laughs> I think. Oh, so silly. Yeah. Very weird gag, but then the fact everyone starts boogieing, I'm like, all right. All right, I'm back on board. (laughs) Yeah. You got me back with the boogieing. It's the only way. (laughs) Yes. So they use it. They launch. They go improbable. They all turn into wool, right? Yes. For the first one, they turn into, yeah, yarn or wool. Um, The ship itself turns into a big ball of yarn with two needles (laughs) poking through it, which is hilarious. Um, I think, yeah, that the improbability drive is also the best it's ever been in this film. They get to play yeah. around with some fun visual styles like this and later on with like the flowers and stuff coming out of everyone's yeah. face. Um, yeah. I wish it was used more, honestly. I remember thinking that when I first saw it when I was like a quirky teen and mm. being like, oh man, I wanted to see more knitting guys or more like weirdo stuff. Yeah. I guess you're probably right. And that like it might have <laughs> just been lots of fun sequences, but it would have gotten too cartoony. They've sort of already done yeah. that joke, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, again, like, even now I wouldn't have complained. I would have been like, awesome. Yeah, fair. Alright, we're going down to Viltvodl 6, is the name oh, of this yeah. planet, and we're arriving over Breathe. Very nice. Serene drop into this <laughs> planet. Um, yeah, there's, like, a brief little interlude again from the um, from the guide about the, the beginning. Like, this, I think, is the first line in the book. The, um, oh, yeah. in the beginning of the universe like in the beginning the universe was created this has made a lot of people very angry and <laughs> has been widely regarded as a bad move which is just this a, is good writing yeah it's just this really funny, good, funny uh, like yeah. it, it sets the scene for like the tone of the book for sure but yeah it's good yeah. that like they like got this in here I think it's one of the best quotes I think uh, yeah. yeah 
uh, they they land on the planet's surface and on the run starting up. There's like this weird, the weird sneeze church, Gareth. Here, I don't. Yeah, I'm not fully on board with this. They're like, no. Nah. Yeah, in a time of social distancing, this had me on edge. Um, yeah, everyone's like waiting for this great. It's like a religion sort of um, dunk here, where they're yeah. all. Um, yeah, there's a big handkerchief that's gonna wipe away the world. Is the idea. <laughs> Um, yeah, and they all wait, and they all sneeze together. Yeah. Anyway, Hamakavula is running this uh, church here, played yeah. by John Malkovich. John Malkovich. John Malkovich. Um, yeah. Wow, it's great to be in this. Oh, that's a terrible John Malkovich. I was doing a good one two weeks ago, trust me. Okay, I'll take your word for it. <laughs> I couldn't do one possibly. I don't know enough about John Malkovich, really. I know he's great in um, Con Air. <laughs> oh, he is. Yeah. Love Cyrus the virus? Yeah. Oh, Cyrus, that's right. Oh, hell yeah. What a guy. <laughs> what a guy. But yeah, he's playing Hamakabula here. Kind of a weird character. Like the yeah. the um, rival to Zaphod in the race to uh, becoming president of the galaxy. Um, he's a spooky ass dude. He's got like uh, empty sockets and his eyes are like his glasses are just like projections of real eyes covering this up he's also got no legs (laughs) tiny little robot legs yeah it's a fun little effect of his like little robot legs uh carrying him over the table not very and the surprise because he's sitting at a table and you think oh it's just a normal guy it's john malkovich with like jerry curls yeah and then yeah he takes off his eyes and gets up with his little legs yeah bit spooky um yeah i really do like the effect of him when he uh gets to the edge of the table and all the legs like uh, extend really far out so he stays the same height yeah, uh, yeah. just a nice touch mm. yeah anyway he's um he's roughing up zaphod and they're like he wants like a trade he knows why zaphod's here really and he's going to trade to- coordinates to get to magrathia so that they can go see the heart of gold and figure out what's going on uh, but he needs collateral anyway. So he like opens yeah. like a weird drawer inside one of his henchmen. <laughs> yeah, he grabs his nose and the guy's actually been a drawer the whole time. Yeah, it's like a little robot man or something. Um, yeah. yeah, and he pulls, pulls out these little, the coordinate cube. And he takes um, Zaphod's second head as collateral. So Zaphod's yeah. only operating with half a brain for the rest of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, which Again... Is, Sam Rockwell does a great job with that. Like, a lot of people would probably find that annoying that they have to then, like, dumb down their character so much. But he's just like, sweet, perfect. Yeah, he, he does a good job here. He just becomes, like, sort of a space cadet and, like, loses yeah. track of what he's doing all the time. Um, yeah, pretty fun. Yeah, so and the... the, the Vogans show up. Yeah, the bloody Vogans are here. With their, like, yeah. fun little crank-operated guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, that yeah, they're really, really bad marksmen and like classic. I think this is a call out to Star Wars with the like they're being terrible marksmen. Yeah, can't shoot for shit. Um, yeah, fun stuff. They do a little march and then they stop exactly when the vocals kick in on the song, as if they're like dancing to it. Yeah, <laughs> they're grooving away. They're marching yeah. the beat. Yeah. Oh, big fans of these boys showing up again. They're all in these, yeah. like, weird, like, gimp outfits with, with their, like, <laughs> yeah. their, like, little noses are poking out the top and you can see their lips <laughs> as well. Um, also, their, like, eyes are just shooting out light here. 
as part yeah. of these uh, suits, which is like quite terrifying, honestly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they are very silly looking, so it's not so bad. Yeah, I love them. Anyway, yeah, Trisha gets kidnapped by these Bogons in like a fairly confusing sequence. She sort of just like they sort of just ditch her. Um, yeah, here it's like it's not clear as to how this happens really but i don't know yeah anyway she gets kidnapped and they run off because they don't want to fight with the bogans and they've got to escape yeah. um, um um it is worth noting as well this is like this doesn't okay i'll just gonna tell you this fact okay and then we're gonna have to just deal with it emotionally right. um the escape pod crashes and the sound it makes is the sound of a plane taking off sampled from the pink floyd track in the flesh whoa yeah right that's cool that's I, cool that's right up our alley right yeah i'm i'm fine with that that's that's yeah. great the only thing is that's not from dark side of the moon which is what we had <laughs> to talk about i know that's not this album but i am going to allow that as like a, a tentative sync okay. it's a pink floyd sync you think, like, if we so, did another season where we revisited all these movies to talk about The Wall, heaven oh forbid, God. Um, that may, that would be definitely a point for that version of the show. That's a nightmare vision of the future, Gareth. <laughs> if we, like, go a whole year, right, yeah. with, like, one season is a year, we do 51 movies, and then um, we just do the season over again, but with one album into the future. Oh. <laughs> Ooh. That's that now that's that's a true test of metal. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know if we can commit to that, but that is that is there. That's a potential future before us. Who knows? I think we'd even stop getting those one first time listeners because just oh, they're, oh, they're talking about Magic Mike XXL again <laughs> for the tenth year in a <laughs> yeah, row. Yeah, maybe. Oh, we'll have to see. We we'll have to wait and see what the future <laughs> yeah. holds. But man, yeah, this we're getting the um. This is where the little sequence where the like paddles come out of the ground and slap them in the yeah. face. Very smart. Are very these Douglas things Adams. biological? Like, are they? Is this just part of the planet, or is it just like something mechanical that's like preventing them from having ideas on, on Vogsphere? I don't know. It's not explained. Yeah. They're like the paddles look really, really weird yeah. themselves. Um, I suppose you're getting but, into like nature yeah. versus nurture. Like, did the Vogans become this way because they were getting hit in the face for having ideas, or did they hate Maybe. ideas so much that they built them and then it was a self fulfilling prophecy? Hmm. Both theories are interesting yeah. to me. Yeah. Well, let's spend an hour discussing each one. So, <laughs> the first thing I'd like to point out. Uh oh. <laughs> uh oh. Well, I'm going to cut you off before this can continue and talk about the more like fun Vogon stuff. Yeah. There's like a little um, bus that goes by, which is just like a cube, ah, and yeah. the, the poor Vogan doesn't get <laughs> lit on. Yeah. I think he yells out, you're supposed to stop. That's right. <laughs> which is so silly. Ah. And they all hide um, dramatically from, they're like uh, stealthing up on the um, building where uh, Trillian's hiding, and they're this tiny little droid goes past where they're all hiding <laughs> yeah which is another fun visual gag mm. yeah uh, uh so um, this is where trisha finds out that um earth was destroyed yeah uh at, yeah right at the end of side one of this playthrough here um 
uh, the la- the lady Vogon asks if she has a second home planet, which is really yeah. funny. Um, just for like paperwork purposes. <laughs> and yeah, it's this uh, great yeah. cut of like who would dest- who would sign a thing to destroy the planet? Cut to Zayford strutting away. <laughs> yeah, just having a great yeah. time. They sort of um, like double down on this, and sh- in case you didn't get it, she they you see the executive order yeah. signed by Zayford like shortly after this. Um, which he thinks is an autograph. <laughs> yeah, because it just says hugs and kisses. This is a good yeah. film. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lots of it's it's very yeah. funny. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so like, then we get uh, money playing over the queuing yes. sequence. They got to fill fill out forms here at the like DMV effectively. Um, fun fact: OG, the original Marvel yeah, uh, robot prop is in the queue. Yeah, from the TV yeah. show. Um, yeah. Just a little visual thing in there. Easter egg. Ah, happy Easter. Happy, oh, happy Easter. Ah, oh, I've, I've actually... Oh, this is a thing that I maybe shouldn't reveal. I've got like an Easter bunny left over from Easter that I can see from where I'm recording oh, wow. right now. I really should throw it away. <laughs> or eat it it's live like, and see what, how it affects you. Oh, God. I think I'll die. It's yeah, like we, we were know. talking earlier about how um, we record on Discord. And if if you, one person remains on the Discord call, Discord will get really nervous and ask if you're still <laughs> yeah. there. If I die live on mic because this like bunny kills me, <laughs> yeah, he's staring at me in silent accusation oh. up there. He's up on a high shelf. Uh, anyway, Why have you put him in such a position of power. <laughs> I think it's like mostly uh, just like self-judgment really i want him to i put him there to like remind me to deal with him but it's it hasn't worked oh. evidently i'm revealing a lot about myself and my living yeah um, people would have listened to the avatar one i think well at least james has his life together <laughs> i'm sorry to report <laughs> you were wrong listener yeah. um yes yeah, so poor trisha she gets like they she gets re- released after all this queuing and form filling out um this sequence again is another like uh call a callback to a previous episode the wachowski brothers thing with like um in jupiter ascending i talked about uh there was a scene in that which was very uh over the top like dmv planet kind oh, yeah. of thing and i feel like this is that done well <laughs> like it's not the the sequence in jupiter jupiter ascending is just awful oh, really? um yeah it's it's played for laughs again but like it's just so dissonant with the rest of the movie like here in a comedy movie it lands a lot better yeah for sure um yeah but anyway yeah she gets poor trisha gets released and then she gets like fresh prints thrown out the door yeah i think it's like a shot perfect like match of like her like diagonally flying out of a door the same way um josie jeff would yeah all the time (laughs) is like that recurring bit from that show very fun yeah, she's heavily pissed at Zaphod for signing the order to destroy Which Earth. is fair enough. Yep, I agree. Destroying a planet's a big yeah. deal. Also, it's kind of ironic that Zaphod sort of screws himself out of finding out the question here. Um, yeah. They don't really go into it, but like him destroying the Earth um, sort of interrupts the program of them figuring out what the ultimate question is. So he's he's set himself up to fail, which is quite yeah. good. Um, the engine, the orchestrator of his own destruction, Ooh, you know. Damn. So, 
architect of his own destruction is the saying right? i think so if not that should be a new pink floyd song oh yeah all Lads, right you can have well, that one for free <laughs> it's featuring on that like worm food album or <laughs> whatever that we that. came up with that yeah uh, i've forgotten the name of it now um anyway we're flying we're flying back to the ship they get rescued and they're they're gone the, the vogons are all like furious that they've got away but then they have to take lunch yeah. which is another good bit. perfect I would t- I'd make sure my lunch break gets happened before I get revenge. Yeah. Same. But I'm also a Vogan, <laughs> so there's that. Oh, okay. <laughs> we hear... I didn't know that about oh, you. It just hasn't come up much. All right, fair enough. <laughs> we hear black and blue sung by Pink Floyd when we see um, a black sky and a blue planet. Hey. hey. I like that. Yeah, they're at Magrathea. We're, we're going to skip over that whole shower scene, which sucks. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we're here at Magrathea. There's a twin sunrise over Magrathea, which is another call out to Star oh, Wars. Yeah. The like, um, and this is also where we get uh, Douglas Adams' cameo here. He plays the um, recorded message of the Council of Magrathea. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's his face like dark, like going back, like looking left to right over and over yeah. again in this hologram. Um, he plays it so well, actually, as mm. well. He's very deadpan and shoots the missiles at them the two nuclear missiles your deaths will Um, be recorded for quality control yeah (laughs) another good bit um yeah so they're like they do like a little dog fight uh escaping the nuclear missiles there's a really funny bit where the um uh they switch to manual control and the ship just starts dropping (laughs) yeah (laughs) like screeches to a halt and then starts dropping (laughs) towards the planet's surface um and yeah, they hit the hit the button to uh, to activate the improbability drive, and in pure improbability, out of a very unlikely circumstance, they're exactly where they were. Yeah. But but the two missiles have turned into a bowl of petunias and a whale. So good, so Douglas Adams, so strange, yeah. so silly. Um, Bill Bailey provides the voice of the yes. whale. <laughs> Uh, we get to hear the internal monologues of uh, both the whale and the bowl of petunias as they fall. Yeah. Here. The whales drop, yeah, which is an ba- amazing scene. Like, they if they just chopped that up to be like a short story, it would have won some sort of, or like a short film, it would have won an Oscar. It's so yeah. good. It's such a like out there idea, yeah. and this like whale is like very quickly coming to terms with being alive, <laughs> and like trying to understand his own existence before immediately dying yeah. and it works oh, really well his washing to like um the saxophones and the uh kind of things of i've got yes, no the sac- ability the sax to solo covers the whole sorry <laughs> it's all right um yeah the sax solo covers this entire yeah. hall. it's like a perfect uh perfect sync here as well um like starts off as soon as he, as we cut to the monologue and ends as soon as he hits oh, the yeah. ground is really nice um and while he's thinking all that yeah. the bowl of petunias thinks not again which is then later yes. explained as the bowl of petunias is that guy who keeps reincarnating and being killed by arthur dent oh so no that's why he says it that's a sick fact yeah. man the deep cuts oh, yeah. man i love that yeah it's not explained in the in the film no. canon because i guess this doesn't come up until much later in the series <laughs> yeah but that, that that's a sweet little tidbit. Oh like yeah. It. See see cool boomers we've um, covered. All right, we're on. All right. <laughs> Sorry. All right. 
I'll let you do a no, podcast. It's no, it's no, no, the little. We're going to shout out our cool boomers <laughs> and deep fakers. And our quest to make the show Important. nice and inaccessible, we've got to shout out the cool boomers and deep fakers a lot. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, we're here on the planet's surface, and there, there are portals to the other yeah. dimensions. Uh, Trish is getting real sick of these guys' bullshit. Yeah. They're all arguing and getting all grumpy with each other and so she just runs into the portal when fair enough i would yeah. too um yeah any color you like plays over the sequence and like arthur's like too scared to jump in so he just he sort of ramps up to it but by the time he gets up the courage it deactivates mm. before he can jump through um sort of like this is summing up his character and that like he is too scared to do stuff uh like too scared to jump in and that's his major down yeah oh that's good yeah yeah um yeah but the rest of the crew uh other than marvin as well who's hanging out with um uh yeah i think mainly just because he can't run (laughs) (laughs) my boy's gone Uh, (laughs) later on like seeing them hanging out in the snow is a really nice visual effect as well um but yes, the the rest of the crew arrive in front of Deep Thought, who's just been like chilling out and watching TV this whole the time. The weirdest cartoon, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like very like early Sesame Street level yeah. cartoon. I want to say. Or that it's Russian weirdly... cartoon that replaces Itchy and Scratchy in an episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, it's it's surreal vibes. Yeah. Whatever it is that they're watching, I do like the 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 visual here though. Like Deep Thought is this massive golden computer um with uh with just like a slit for a mouth and like one little eye yeah. and they're like are leaning on big golden hands down looking down at stuff and seeing this shape like looking down at a tiny television mm. is really really funny visually um yes anyway like they're very like apathetic and don't want to help but then they've, they've come for the gun that uh hamakavula wants yeah and uh yeah so a little like uh hole in the ground opens up i'm just going to carry on and do this whole gun bit now because right. this is like um I'll allow it. because yeah because these are like intercut together with the slutty bart pass stuff but anyway um the like point of view gun here this is another new thing to the movie that i think people were not keen on yeah um which is a shame because i think it's another like pretty cool Hmm. idea it is sort of sexist yes absolutely um, the explanation of how it works and that it's like oh it's for like wives who like housewives who they always end arguments with you just don't understand and so they use this gun so that they do Mm -hmm. understand um but yes it's an integral to the plot i think it's a nice idea but it's like it's sort of icky in terms of its sexism yeah um and also, yeah, it's amplified in its use in the movie by, uh, like, Trisha using it on Zaphod and, like, revealing, like, she is sort of only motivated by love, her yeah. character, which is kind of lame. <laughs> like, it's it, we see all her thoughts through Zaphod getting hit by this gun, and he, she's, like, really stressed out, but then, like, it boils down to her being in love with someone and feels like she's blown it with this person. It's like, ah, I don't know. I don't like that. Seems kind of lame agreed anyway yeah we're gonna we're gonna slide on back to slide. uh slidey bart fast <laughs> slidey bart fast no nope. slidey bart fast slidey bart fast is here on the planet its name's not important i'm gonna keep saying it because it's so fun to say but <laughs> um yeah he's here 
uh, he's the he works for Magrathea. It's his job, and he's uh, he's just so like blasé about this whole. He's yeah. like trying to threaten Arthur, but he's like not committed to it at all. His <laughs> terrible events are um afoot, which is very funny. Yeah, um, anyway. our subtitle artist um, nails it as well with the tone of Bill Nye, like a lot of repeating words and dot dot dots. Yeah, yes. Like later Bill when Nye he sees Frank, like... he's like, "That's that that's Frank." Yeah, Bill Nye is also kind of doing his Bill Nye thing, but I that's feel like true. it works for Slutty Bart Fast. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, who's just sort of like a, a kind of a nothing character, throwaway character in the series anyway, so. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so he leaves with Arthur to like take him to Earthmark 2, and now poor Marvin's just like chilling out all alone in this snowy landscape. Yeah. Um, there's a really beautiful shot of him sitting inside like one of the portals, um, in front of like a big planet in the, on the horizon. Yeah. Is just lovely. Yeah, I think it's a reoccurring boy. thing in the books that he just gets left behind, and because he's like immortal, he just waits yeah. for them. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like millions of years, he'll just like stand there and like come, and then eventually they'll come back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, uh, yeah. Poor, poor wee man. Hmm. He's always getting left behind. It's his little legs. <laughs> yeah. No. Please uh, send us your fan out of Marvin the Paranoid Android with real strong big legs. Oh, yeah, powerful running legs. Yeah. The Chad Marvin, please. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, yes, we're going to see... Uh, Slarty Barfast shows him around, like, all the little, like, showroom of them building the planets. It's all, like, little dioramas of planets yeah. here. And, and like, wh- various wacky shapes. There's, like, a cuboid planet and, uh, like, interlocking rings planet. Yeah. It's just, like, all, like... What they do is they, they design and make bespoke planets for the incredibly wealthy. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's revealed that the Earth was made by him and uh, and his team, effectively. Uh, for Deep Thought, it was the computer that was designed oh, yeah. to calculate the question, you know. And it was destroyed, I don't know if this is mentioned in the movie, but it was destroyed five minutes before it was about to give the answer. Yes. It, um, it isn't mentioned in the movie, I believe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a very important point that I think it glosses over. Mm. It could have been like cut dialogue, I think, but anyway. Yeah. I guess because they are rebuilding the earth, maybe they needed to, because they wanted to bring the earth back. They wanted to cut that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if like they have to wait another like 10 million years to get the answer (laughs) now. Probably. Yeah. They try and get it out of Arthur, but anyway, um, then we get, like, a really beautiful sequence with the, like, show floor of Magrathia where they're, like, flying over the real planets being built, mm. the factory floor. I feel like this matches Pink Floyd really, really well. Oh, yeah. There's talk about, like, all your life will ever be when he discovers that his planet was commissioned, paid for, and run by mice. Yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, it's a great match. Super stunning. And yeah. matches the... Matches time, and then also Great Gig, I think, plays over the sequence as well. Yeah. Mm. Loving it. Oh, no. Enjoying... It's on the run, and then time plays for it. On the run, and then time. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm enjoying the spectacle, anyway. Oh, yeah. Of, this, of these scenes. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then what he are... ends up in his old flat, and there's his buddies just having a great feast of clearly drugged food. Yep. 
as you do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Nothing is amiss here. Um, has a wee chat with the mice who are like yeah. very blasé. He's Arthur's like thrilled because he gets to have a cup of tea for the first time in ages, and that's like what his mind is on. Yeah, but um, how yeah, I do... much did this movie make you crave a cup of tea? Oh, so badly. I think I had a cup of tea immediately after Good. watching. Yeah, I'd had like like two to three cups of coffee earlier in the day, and I still oh, yeah. had a cup of tea. So, <laughs> it just goes to show it's all it's yeah. all tea propaganda. This whole film. Ugh, I'm sick of it. Mm. Big tea interrupting our films. Yeah, <laughs> get out of here, <laughs> East India Trading Company or Ugh. whoever it is. Um, <laughs> Dilma. But I I do want to quickly nip back to uh, Slutty Bartfast delivering sort of the. Th- thesis of the film or like just like the 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 lesson or message oh, yeah. which is uh also in the books um the chances of finding out what's really going on in the universe is so remote the only thing to do is hang the sense of it and keep yourself occupied hmm yeah like yeah. just like he's like right and then he says i'd rather be happy than than right any day as yeah well. which is like what arthur figures out he's like rather be happy then know the answer, the answers to anything. It's sort of, yeah. the, sort of the lesson here. Um, yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's a good it's, little thing to remember. It is good advice, but, like, it, with the bent of um, the, like, romantic interest, it sort of, like, dampens it a bit for me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So then, yeah, he gets, like, a big old drill held to his head by the mice, thinking they can use his brain to get the final piece of the puzzle for the great yeah. question. And then he gives just, like, the first draft of a like speech about love yeah about how the only question that's mattered was is she the one about this girl he only met once and then yeah. made his cell phone background <laughs> yeah yeah oh pretty crappy his bloody nokia oh, yeah get out of here arthur you're the worst and um, yeah she's chill with that and then he yep hulks out and smashes the mice with a um with his teacup right I think it's a colander. Yeah. Yeah, it's like a, a big metal thing. And then... It squashes them under. Like a fruit bowl or something, I don't know. Yeah. And they turn out to be little flat versions of the elderly children who wanted to know the great question. <laughs> yes, the elderly children is a great description. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah, they're the ones that commission the planet, so... Yeah, they get, they get squished. They do like that they say old bollocks before dying. <laughs> yeah. Which is very britishy and fun um yeah yeah so anyway the vogans show up at this house at at random i don't mm. really know how they got here but um they're here to reclaim the president yeah Reca- i think it's so funny that zaphod captures himself he kidnaps <laughs> yeah. himself and like there's all sorts of confusion here where the vogons like fire upon the kidnapper which is also the president that they're trying to save yeah it's so like a good way to confuse them because they're obviously all about like the things written down on paper so they're like yeah Yeah. we're gonna shoot the kidnapper but wait (laughs) there's no forms for this this is against all precedent so they have no idea what to do um (laughs) yeah they've i do really enjoy marvin just very calmly walking towards them yeah (laughs) like just walks like all these he gets shot in the back of the head sadly like mm. while he's talking about how bad of a shot these vogans are but yeah he's just like walking over to where <laughs> the rest of the crew are hiding which is very funny and yeah, then yeah sad. he gets what was that oh it's very sad that he gets shot yeah yeah 
Showed his beautiful smooth head. It's less smooth now. I know. Oh, so sad. But then, very amazing usage of this um, controversial point of view gun mm. is that he gets it. He shoots yeah. the bogans, and they all get so sad they flop over like turtles. <laughs> yes. Oh, these poor poor boys. They're like, oh, yeah. what's the point? And while he's shooting, like, it's not a, like, he rises back up and shoots them. It's not a badass moment. But but the Pink Floyd, like, ripping a solo over it makes it really cool. Makes it way better. Yeah. Real (laughs) 80s what's playing inside of Marvin's head at that moment. (laughs) Yeah. Absolutely. That's why he's such a sad boy. He's been, he's been listening to Pink Floyd this whole time, Yeah. He has to listen to it. um, Yeah. This many times a week. And by has to, I mean, we don't have to. Yeah. But we do it for you. The listener. Cool boomers. Yeah. Oh, God. And elderly children. <laughs> Can we stick children? with fakers? I'm feeling less and less keen on cool boomers. <laughs> um, <laughs> cool boomers, if you want to keep being called cool boomers, please send us a deep faked video of yeah. yourself. Maybe and... we should do like a poll. <laughs> yeah. Let the audience decide what they want to be called by us. <laughs> Uh, anyway, all the all the all the big bodies are flopping over. It's very silly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, yeah. We're like wrapping this film up now. Earth's all finished, and they're gonna restart it, and we get the line "Home, home again." Yeah, this we're like right in front of Arthur's house, but he resolves to leave Earth and explore the universe. He's like taking a chance for once, you know. Yeah, that's his thing. Um, and yeah, then we get like great gig. Is playing over the little like cable car disappearing into the into the sky. Yeah, all the footage of the Earth coming back to Great Gig, which really works. Yeah, absolutely. Like all the all the animals like getting like little electric shocks and then starting up. Yeah, like they're weird robots or something. <laughs> and yeah, all the all our pub friends are back. Um, yeah, yeah, everybody's here. It's great. And the infinite probability drive kicks off just as the vocals for Great Gig come in and it like gives the end credits this cool like eighties vibe. It's perfect. Yeah, it does. There's like a little indent from the from the guide uh, of like a little a few I think there's two little like cut stories mm. that they didn't use in the film. Um but yeah, they they don't really add very much, just no. like some extra fun they jokes just if you've stuck around for the credits. Well. Yeah. A little bit of yeah. extra colour. But yeah, that's the film. Um, hey, my review of that film is mostly harmless. Whoa! <laughs> On the money with that one, Gareth. <laughs> Very good. Oh. <laughs> you know, um, I thought that it sunk alright. There was some, like, um... It wasn't... They weren't, like, high frequency of sinks, but, like, there no. was a good tonal sink, and, like, uh... They were, like, the stuff with the whale, like, matching up perfectly and things like that. Yeah, yeah. the Great Gig one really yeah. saved the day. Pretty good, generally. Yeah. I'm inclined I think to give it's, it... A... The sinks it had were really good. It's mm. Otherwise, they were big sink deserts. Yes, they were. It was big yeah. ga- big gaps between, but, like, just, like, going for quality over quantity, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so what would you give it? Oh, I want to say, like, a seven, I'm, th- I'm feeling. Not as good I, as last week. I feel like there were a lot more last week. Oh, last week's so many. Yeah. So yeah. And our controversial only time we've ever disagreed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, I might be willing to wind it back a little bit more to a six or a six and a half. All right, yeah. I, I yeah. feel that. Six and a half. Yeah. We'll lock that one in. Yeah. Okay. Cool. 
plot it on your graph, and uh, yes, what do we got to do to wrap up this podcast, Gareth? Uh, got anything coming up? Well, okay, so usually this is when we talk about the film we're going to cover next week, but yeah. I've gone out and I've done a homework assignment. <gasps> what? I went to um, a planetarium light show where they played <sighs> Dark Side of the Moon. Yes. And I'm going to report back. I'm going to tell you all about my big day. <laughs> Hell yeah. A bit of field reporting from yes. Gareth Blackler here. There's going to be Into some it. surprises for you, James. It's going to be... Oh. Yeah, there's going to be a lot of good times. I'm not going to contribute anything to this podcast except like lots of gasps, I think. <laughs> but it's going to be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. So, so that's look next forward week. to that next week. And then next week we'll announce the film for the week after. So don't worry. We oh, mate, you got to wait an extra week. Yeah. Oh, it's all right. Stick around for the fun for the fun planetarium show. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of the me seeing Avatar's <laughs> <laughs> like Cirque du Soleil performance. Yeah, very same energy. I think. Oh, great! <laughs> very big, like embracing of the earnest. I'm gonna Aww. tell you. That's just lovely. Yeah. All right, looking forward to it. Yeah. So until then, though, um, I've been Gareth Blackler, and I've been James Barron. Yeah, well, um, please check us out on social media and all that. Um, yep. I understand you cool boomers may have trouble with that, but you'll figure it out. You'll work it out. Ask ask your local deep faker. Yeah. Um, and yeah, until next time, we'll see you on the dark side of Magrothea. On the dark side of Magrothea. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Goodbye. Bye. Woo!